Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet Oncology. My name is Francesca Toey and this podcast is accompanying the May issue. In this issue is a new policy review paper about incorporating the patient experience into regulatory decision making in the USA, Europe and Canada. Joining me to discuss this paper is one of the authors, Dr. Paul Klutz. Welcome. Please can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Thank you. Uh, My name is Paul Klutz. I'm a medical oncologist uh, working with the Food and Drug Administration in the United States. I've had a focus in prostate cancer research, um, and early on in my time at FDA, I, I reviewed several groundbreaking prostate cancer applications and then moved more towards um, defining clinical benefit and looking at the science behind patient experience data, patient-reported outcomes, I'm increasingly interested in things like wearable devices um, to try to complement our, our existing measures. So um, I'm pleased to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. So to start, can you please provide a little bit of background to your policy review and briefly discuss why including these patient-reported outcomes, or PROs, into the drug development process is a particularly important topic at this time. The Lancet Oncology Policy Review um, that we collaborated with, with Health Canada and uh, as well as MHRA, really came about through uh, interactions that Dr. O'Connor and, and Soltis and I have had on the topic of patient-reported outcomes uh, as we've been involved in several international collaborative efforts trying to advance the scientific rigor of, of patient-reported outcome results in cancer trials. I think patient-reported outcomes are important. Um, there's really not uh, many other data streams that are able to quantify unobservable symptoms and, and impacts, and I think of high interest to the public. It's certainly been highlighted in, in recent legislation in the United States such as the 21st Century Cures Act, uh, which asks us to review and and communicate patient experience data. And so I think all of this movement um, is in response to to multiple stakeholders, including patients that that want more rigorous information on the effect of cancer drugs um, over and above what we do quite well, which is standard safety and efficacy endpoints, like radiographic endpoints and survival. So I think the information can be complementary. I think one of the things that I'm often asked is, is why now? You know, why so much interest in patient-reported outcomes or patient experience data now? We know that this has been incorporated in trials for decades now, and, and the, the main health-related quality of life tools by the EURTC and by the FACET group have been around since the 80s and 90s. And I think there's a couple of interesting things that are occurring that are changing um, our perception of, of how this data can be used. I think one is technology. Um, we're electronically capturing patient-reported outcomes now, even looking at bringing your own device into a trial, such as a, an iPhone. Um, and that is an, is an advancement that I think has applicability to both the trial and the real-world setting. So um, one of the challenges with real-world data has been um, that it's unstructured. And in this case, um, this is structured streams of clinical data on how patients are feeling and functioning. And I think it's going to be a rich pipeline of data to use in the future for for real-world data and real-world evidence. It's also being used more in clinical care um, and clinical care management in the U.S., and so I think that uh, is really, as things move into the clinical care realm, they become um, more relevant uh, in regulatory world as well because we are looking to measure things that that have meaningful impact to patients and and, um, may change treatment strategies. So I think there's lots of reasons why patient-reported outcomes are um, front and center right now and why we need to collaborate internationally to make them as rigorous as possible.
So you mentioned that you worked with Health Canada. Can you briefly discuss the ways in which the European Medicines Agency, the US Food and Drug Administration, as well as Health Canada, have used these patient-reported outcomes, these data, to inform regulatory decision-making? And what steps, in your opinion, are still needed to better achieve its implementation? I can't speak for the EMA or Health Canada, but certainly with respect to the FDA, we have a commitment to review and communicate patient experience data. And so we're taking that seriously. Um, we have a new oncology center of excellence within the FDA that focuses on engagement, science, and policy um, with respect to patient uh, outcome data. So scientifically, what we're doing is, is we're looking at our in-house data from commercial tr clinical trial data sets, reviewing patient-reported outcomes from those trials and, and clinical data to identify analytic methods and standard approaches to, to provide to our clinical reviewers so that they can integrate this information into their assessment of the risks and benefits of therapies and make better regulatory decisions. And we're also interested in other aspects of patient experience other than patient-reported outcomes. So healthcare utilization information, uh, including hospitalizations, emergency department visits, things of that nature, wearable devices are, are becoming of interest, although we haven't seen much of that uh, in submitted trials yet. There's certainly a lot of enthusiasm for that as another source of patient experience data. And even just making trials more patient-friendly by doing things like broadening eligibility criteria is, is consistent with sort of patient-focused drug development. So to directly answer your question on what kind of steps are needed to maximize the utility of patient-reported outcome data for regulatory decision-making is I think there needs to be a standard core set of PRO concepts to measure um, so that there's an expectation to companies and, and we can begin to standardize analytics for these core outcomes that are measured. Um, at the FDA, we're looking at symptoms, uh, symptomatic adverse events to, to complement our toxicity assessment. We're looking at overall side effect burden uh, measure, looking at disease symptoms, and we're looking at physical function and the ability to carry out activities, which have been reported to be very important to patients. And there are certainly tools out there that can measure these things. Once we can agree upon a core set to measure and other things can be measured in addition to that. Obviously, we're in an international community where uh, patients and many others are also interested in other functional aspects uh, and, and global health and global health related quality of life, and those can still be measured as well. Um, we need to consider how to create standard research objectives, standard endpoints, and standard analytics so that we can begin to talk in, about results in a consistent way. I mean, if you look at safety, we have the common terminology criteria or the CTCAE. Uh, and we see this data in a very similar way, analyzed in a similar way across trials. Same with how we assess and analyze overall survival, similarly with radiographic endpoints with resist criteria. So I think we're, we're certainly making headway on many of these fronts with patient-reported outcomes, but that standardization piece, I think, is very important. In your opinion, why are these patient-reported outcomes not included on most drug labels? And what do you think are the solutions needed to help overcome these difficulties? For one thing, I think there's a little bit of a difference between the groups uh, that are on the paper, the international regulatory bodies. Everyone has their own different context that they apply their regulations to. In the United States, the product label is a legal document that allows uh, marketing of a drug directly to the consumer, which is unique. Um, so it's required substantial evidence for us uh, and well-defined and reliable assessments to communicate that data in labels so that uh, it's not considered misleading if it's, if it's marketed. So I think it comes back to 
again, standardization and prioritizing the capture of some core groups of concepts that we can begin to familiarize ourselves with and create standard analytics. Um, you know, what some of the re clear research questions I can imagine are, you know, what is the longitudinal trajectory of symptomatic side effects? What is the overall side effect burden or bother for patients in RMA versus in RMB? Uh, and, and how is physical function and the ability to work and carry out your activities affected on different arms for those taking the therapy? Um, if we can generate standard questions, uh, we can generate standard analytics. And I think the more rigorous that data comes in and becomes an expectation, the more it will find its way into product labels. Um, and again, I want to stress that these core concepts that I'm talking about that the FDA feels are, are most sort of proximal to the therapy under study and most consistent with our labeling aren't the only things that are going to be measured likely from the patient's perspective. They should be, form a core basic expectation, but we know that global health, health, food, and quality of life, and other functional domains are important to other payer groups, um, patients, et cetera. And so uh, we intend to try to create a core group of concepts that can be broadened out to satisfy all the different stakeholders. Looking to the future, where do you think the focus should lie in advancing these patient-reported outcomes into the drug development process? And what steps can be taken to ensure that this patient-reported outcome information becomes an expectation from drug developers? Well, we've been exploring the landscape of, of the different data elements that come in with patient-reported outcomes. And we've also been exploring the landscape of the various groups that, that want to use this data to try to quantify clinical benefit, value, um, you know, there's a lot of uses for this data. And so I think what needs to happen is international collaboration to agree upon these standards so that it's not going to do any good for FDA to have one standard, EMA to have a different standard, and German payers to have another standard. Everyone needs to use that data from the commercial reg registration trial um, that is first leads to the approval. You know, we have the limited data set to make our decisions on across the globe when a new drug is approved. And so we have to make sure that that, that trial or trials that leads to initial marketing has the data in it that's necessary for everyone. So I think, again, international collaboration to standardize the concepts to measure the research objectives and then the standard analytic criteria like we've done with radiographic and safety data in trials is, is critical. I think we can do that. I think we've made a lot of headway. This paper is one example of the fact that at least international regulators are meeting together to discuss this. In my workshop uh, that we're holding in June 22nd at the FDA, uh, we are again having international regulatory and payer bodies, patients, academics coming to discuss this topic. And I think we, we certainly will move the field forward. Um, and we have you know, a legislative mandate to do so within the U.S., so I think we'll see movement in the next couple of years for sure. Thank you very much for speaking to us today about this topic. Thanks for the call, and um, I think this will be helpful just to sort of continue to highlight that this is actually happening. This isn't like a pie-in-the-sky academic thing anymore. This is people are going to use this data, so we need to make it rigorous. For the listeners, do go and have a read of the paper, which is now online in the May issue of The Lancet Oncology.